day. You're listening to episode 55 of Movies in 4K. I am one of your hosts, Bill Shetty. And I'm your other host, Lady Phantom. And we're getting right into a little bit of a fun fact that the Phantom's going to share with you about this movie. Yep. My fact for today is that Quentin Tarantino considers this movie to be his memory piece. And he even uh, compared it to Alfonso Cuarón's Roma, which is another movie I love. And this movie received a seven-minute standing ovation at its premiere in Cannes. Well, that's very interesting. We also got a little bit of a tidbit. So you got a little head start of whose movie this is. (laughs) It's mine. Spoilers. So let's get into this. (laughs) Yes, we're jumping back to a 60s era movie, but came out in 2019. It is Once Upon a Time, dot, 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 in Hollywood. Came out in 2019, is rated R, runs for almost three hours. Yes, (laughs) we get the long ones here on Movies in 4K. Who is the director, Lady Phantom? Quentin Tarantino. The Pulp Fiction guy. Yeah, he also wrote it. Yes, he did. This is listed only in two genres, comedy and drama. Yeah. That works. Yes. I've seen Thriller listed in Letterboxd, nah. but not on IMDb. The last act, the last 20 minutes or so yeah. could be thrilling. but Yeah, but if anything, I would say maybe a little tiny bit of action, but... Not really. Yeah, but not really, exactly. And comedy's actually a little light, too. It's not like a movie that humorous people would like to see it's not all filled with comedy there are bits and pieces spewn across this movie yeah and it's very much quentin tarantino's own brand of humor it's the dialogues everything is in the dialogues they are some of them they are very witty there some of them i think are very funny and some of them are really dark it's very quentin tarantino-esque all right we got three lead stars and then some side characters but who's the main actors in this movie lady phantom leonardo dicaprio brad pitt and margot robbie right and then you'll see some other stars a lot thrown in here and there that has little bit parts not yes. major parts at cameos all. a lot of cameos in like this movie. kurt russell and i'm gonna be asking phantom a question about that when we get into the review all right phantom This movie is about an aging actor. Yes. Played by Leonardo DiCaprio, and his name in the movie is Rick Dalton. He's a Western actor. Yeah, the action movie, an action TV show kind of guy with a limited range. Right. And this sets place in 1969, the whole movie. Mm Mm-hmm. And he is going through turmoil because he's not getting cast in leading roles anymore. Yes, he has started to feel like a has-been. And he hates it because he remembers his glory days. 
and he feels just less than all the time and he hates it we have his buddy brad pitt who is his stunt double and also his driver because he cannot drive leonardo because he lost, lost his, license his license for drinking and driving many times now before we get in any deeper throw out that one sentence synopsis a faded television actor and his stunt double strive to achieve fame and success in the final years of Hollywood's golden age in 1969 Los Angeles. What a horrible description. <laughs> yeah, I agree, Phantom. And that's really what it's about. There is this side plot with the Margot Robbie character. Yes, and I she mean, is his playing stunt who? double doesn't strive to achieve fame or nothing. I mean, that's a very bad description. Margot Robbie plays Sharon Tate, who was infamously murdered in 1969. Right. And this comes into play towards the end of the film because these three stories are really interwoven. Yeah, it's very Pulp Fiction-like. Yes, you have Leonardo DiCaprio, the aging Western star, trying to get roles but Brad Pitt is with him a lot, but when he's acting, he's not. So there's scenes on that tangent. And then it goes off on the Brad Pitt angle without DiCaprio going on with his daily life. And there's some things that happen with his character. And then Margot Robbie's character, who is an up and coming actress, she's trying to get her name out there. And there's a lot of contextual stuff going on with her and who is she married to <laughs> roman polanski the ousted polish guy who still to this day has a warrant for him if he ever comes yeah in he this can't country. be in the states at all and he's a highly regarded director yeah and there's stuff with that now the guy that played roman polanski wasn't that good to me well anyone. he wasn't even there really no he wasn't in it that much but we're not gonna walk this one through either phantom because we got another really long film so let's just talk in open mic and what you would like to discuss because the main theme is rick dalton the western guy and him going along performing in certain movies and stuff like that he is a has-been he hasn't had a popular show since like the late 50s and he is getting affected by it he's like down and out he's using a lot of alcohol and he becomes aggravated that he's not getting the roles because there's this al pacino character which maybe you're gonna tell me lady phantom who this guy was in this movie no, i don't because know because he's in the beginning i don't know if he's a big time producer or director or something he lets dicaprio know like bluntly that you gotta stop being the heavy you gotta stop being the bad guy because he's playing second fiddle to all these up-and-coming stars yeah. And he's the one who always gets killed in the movies and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, and also he lets him know that they want him in Italy for Spaghetti Westerns. 
And he's very much against that because he thinks that all these spaghetti westerns are like a mockery of what he has been doing. And he's not really on board with that. But then he ends up caving up because yes, he it's needs something money he needs for to one. do. Yeah, exactly. He's losing money. He's got his Beverly Hills type house and he's on the block with all the famous stars. But he's a has been and he's not making the money. Yeah, and they even make a mention that he really didn't like that uh, thing that Italian movies used to do that we were talking about when we talked about zombie, that everybody spoke their own language and his character hated that. (laughs) It was funny to, to see it there because, yeah, that's the way it was. Yes. Go on and describe what other parts you want to talk about with this story, because I think we should spend a little bit more time with technicals here, because this film is riddled with that. Yeah, it's, it's got to make you feel you're in this time. Exactly. I mean, I just think back to the title, you know, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And this is not the first time Tarantino has done this. I remember the first time we watched this movie. I didn't really know what to expect, but then at the end, I pretty much knew, you know, if you have watched Inglorious Bastards, for example, it has somehow of the same thing. It's not really history. It's a what if. This one felt a little bit like a, like a fairy tale, as in the way things should have worked in a way with one of the storylines. And it really hit me hard in the feelings. Like, I really love this movie. Okay, I don't. But I want to ask you, this film, to me, feels like an ode to Hollywood. It is. I think it completely is. And that's what bugs me about this movie, actually, because we're not in the business. It's almost like this movie was made for actors and producers and directors And you're just watching a lot of these technical things and how they achieved this dated look and stuff like this. And and that kind of bugged me. Like, it didn't feel like a straight-up film to me. Like, I wasn't so invested in the characters in this movie because to me, Phantom, just to me, Mm -hmm. it didn't feel like this was made for the mass public. That's just my feeling I got with this movie. Well, maybe. I mean, it goes back also to what I said, that Tarantino feels that this is his most personal movie. And it shows. I don't think it gets technical at any point. It does go a little long when they are showing like a scene from something the the character Rick Dalton has done. Like sometimes it's a little longer scene of a show or a movie or something he's doing. But it does feel... And it's funny that he compared it to Roma because it does seem a little similar in that it feels like something that came straight from someone's heart. And that's the part I like. It's, it's like really, really personal and it shows. All right. Another little story I want to talk about because this scene went on 30 minutes here is the Brad Pitt character, the stunt man. When he ends up in this old, broken down film area where they used to film westerns that's not in service anymore. And he knows the lead guy because he picks up a hitchhiker 
that he sort of keeps seeing and has a fascination with. So he wants to give her a ride finally after three other times before this. And he does, and he's talking, and he asks, where do you live? And he's fascinated, like, why are they living there? Because he knows the guy that owns this property. Yeah, it's uh, what Spawn Movie Ranch, I think it's called. Because back in the day, they used to work there and, and film stuff. And it's a stuff. real place. And that Right, it's person, out in the desert. It looks like Western land, dirt. Yeah, desert. and that person they mentioned actually existed. Okay, so he takes this girl there, and it's where all these hippies have overtaken this area. And the owner's bedridden. He finally does meet him, but that's not even what it's about. But it's not just any group of hippies. We need to say that. It's the Do you actual- want to say it? Yeah. Well, then say it. Because, I mean, I already mentioned Sharon Tate. It's the it's the Manson family. Okay, I'm just saying if someone didn't know history, they might not know that. Well, if they don't know history, they don't know who Sharon Tate is, so. Okay, but they might research afterwards, so I just didn't really want to. I don't think it's a spoiler either, but some people might not be aware mm-hmm. of that. You know, it's Manson's clan. They've overtaken this place. Yeah. And just living out there and they're starting to evolve into this cult and stuff like that. And that's part of this movie, too, because it comes to a head in the very end of the movie. Mm -hmm. This scene went on for 25 minutes. And, oh, man, I thought it was just super boring, Phantom. But at the same time, I felt it was one of the most tense moments in the movie as well. I mean, on second watch, not really, because you know what's going on or what's going yeah, to happen. but nothing happens there, though. Exactly. But you think it might, because these people are weird. Yeah, they're weird. But I don't think the first time I watched it, I felt something was going to happen either, because, and maybe that goes to Brad Pitt. I mean, he's playing this really calm type He's got a lot of ability, let's put it this way, and he's really strong more so than you would think for this little guy, and he's a tough guy. So his demeanor in this scene didn't make me feel anything was really going to happen. I mean, there was one little fight there, Mm -hmm. but... I didn't feel like this was going to be like a big action scene or anything no, me like either, this. It was more of a learning scene. Uh-huh, me but either. It, to me, it bothered me because it went on so long. Well, it didn't bother me, but oh well. So take another little offshoot if you want. Well, there is all the, the Sharon Tate storyline, which is really sweet. I think Margot Robbie did a, a really good job. And it's just this girl I was like a, a wide-eyed girl you know enjoying what it is like to start to be famous and having everything she wants in life but but being very down to earth at the same time and actually I read that Deborah Tate Sharon Tate's sister she loved Margot Robbie's performance he said that it in a way it felt like having her sister back after so many years and i thought it was nice like i said phantom this is like an ode to hollywood this movie that's another reason why it felt like it's more of a nice tale and even though there's 
some dark premises behind certain things. It's it's the the popularity and the stardom of Hollywood that's portrayed in this film. Yeah, but and it's, it, it, there's nothing really negative about it. I don't agree with that. I don't think that it's a, a rosy picture in I thought any it was, way. Okay, then tell me some scenes that didn't portray that. I mean, all the DiCaprio's turmoil, like, because he really goes through some real internal turmoil. But he hates himself at some point. Though. That's not true. about but that's about his character particularly. It's true. But why is this? Because Hollywood is starting to not want him because he is just not the thing anymore. I and mean that happens to everybody. Exactly. I mean even I mean nowadays it is way more common that aging actors are able to find decent characters. It's like nowadays it's a little more respectful, but we know that back in the time, if you were not, I don't know, Catherine Hepburn or something like that, once you were, especially as a woman, with men less, but it did happen too, once you hit 30s, 35, you're no good anymore. You're not a leading lady anymore. I mean, and that's the thing. And I don't think that's a very positive thing about Hollywood. And this movie does portray that. Maybe not to the worst extent, nah, but it I does portray so, that. Because, Phantom, you got to remember, you're accurate with one thing. There isn't near the content back then as True. there is now. You had to have a major production, pretty much. Yeah. And, then, and it's always the in crowd. And this guy isn't that great of an actor, too. He's not Steve McQueen. Uh-huh. And then also you have the, the fact, but that's more in the movie, not exactly in the Hollywood industry. That I mean, Brad Pitt plays his stuntman and pretty much his best friend. Even they mentioned almost his wife. Like, he's there for him all the time and everything. But in the end, he's just a stuntman. And the movie lets you know that very, very acutely, I think. Right. Okay. The last scene I'd like to talk about, Phantom, and then we got to get the technicals here, is the climax here. You see this cult in the rich neighborhood, and... They go, if you know history, <laughs> you know, I want to walk They have certain intentions. Right. And it doesn't happen the way it happened in real life. And this was the best part of the film outside yes. of the one comedy thing that happened to me, this Bruce Lee 10-minute scene with Brad Pitt. That is, to me, the best part of this film by far. Like, I don't think any other scene held up to this scene where Brad Pitt, this stuntman, takes on Bruce Lee. And it is just so funny. Like, it's hysterical, this 10-minute scene to me. It is. And China, I think they, they released some statement strongly hinting that if those scenes were not cut, they wouldn't release it. And Tarantino... Because it made fun of Bruce Lee? Yeah, and Tarantino responded by saying he was cutting absolutely nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's just hysterical, like this battle between these two. And 
And the Bruce Lee character, he was amazing. Like, oh my God, this guy was so funny and with the <laughs> like it was so interesting. Yeah. There was some ridiculous cuts in this scene. Like you really didn't get to see the hand-to-hand combat, which I would have liked to, but it was so fun. Now, back to the ending. There is some hardcore violence where this movie goes that you'd never seen coming in this. Very Tarantino-esque, actually. Right, and it, like, it took its sweet time because Tarantino doesn't shy from gore or violence right, this, or we're anything. We're talking two hours and 20 minutes in with 20 minutes left, and it gets brutal, actually. It, it was great. It was great. And I remember the first time we watched that i was dreading the end because i didn't know how it was gonna end yeah but the title phantom tells you but i didn't know that i mean i really didn't know that because there are so many things that happen in hollywood i once upon a time in hollywood well i but didn't know phantom, you're the fantasy queen okay so I didn't when know. the movie starts once upon a time it's usually depicted in a fairy tale I right didn't no. So not one time in your head did you think it was no. going to turn out happy? No. Wow. So then, like, really, when I saw what happens at the end, it felt, to me, it felt really cathartic. And I completely loved it. In the same way as Inglorious Bastards feels cathartic at the end. But, but I mean, that didn't really get so much feeling from me. But this movie, yes. Okay, let's start with the technicals. And the first thing I want to ask you, Phantom, because maybe I missed it. Kurt Russell plays a director on the Hollywood set. He's making a movie. Yeah. Okay, he narrates the last 30, 35 minutes of this. Why? No, that's Brad Pitt's voice. <laughs> no, it's Kurt Russell. Really? Yes. I, I, I thought it was Brad Pitt. I never thought it was Kurt Russell for a second. Okay, well, then you can't even respond to it then. It is Kurt Russell's voice narrating. If I'm wrong, tell me. I'm 99.9999% sure. He describes what's going on with Dalton and the stuntman and the cult for the last 30 minutes and actually sets out a timeline, which I don't know is perfectly accurate with true to life it could be because it felt it to me in the film like they were going by exact times i think it must have been date Mm -hmm. where they were what restaurants they went to what time they got home i think the the part that that involves sharon tate and her friends that must be accurate i'm just wondering why it was the kurt russell character narrating i don't think it was all right let's start with the feel of the film technical Oh, that was is the best praise. Spot. Yes, it, it's like It felt great. super 60s. All the music is the 60s, the hippie era type music and everything. Completely spot Tons on. Tons of music in this, probably 30 plus songs at times. Yeah, great. I mean, it, it, Did it, you like it? You like yeah. that type of music? Yeah, I think Tarantino chooses his music flawlessly for all his movies okay i'm mixed bag on this there's really only a couple songs that i really liked in it i'm not a big fan of 60s music i start getting excited with 70s and up Mm. but i do like some 60s style music but i thought some of the song choices were a little out of place to me and it wasn't the best tunes they could have picked for certain times All right, let's get to this filmography look, this cinematography phantom. 
How good did you think it was? Fantastic. I really think all the cinematography, the, the photography, like everything told you, you are in the middle of 1969. Did you wonder how they did some of these scenes, especially when they're driving down the streets and it looked 60s? Well, Were I, they in a studio? They recreated it? No, actually, there's a, a tidbit I read on IMDb that it was like completely unprecedented. At some point, they actually closed, I think, Sunset Boulevard. I don't know if Sunset Boulevard or some other really big street like they closed it for hours upon hours to film with period cars and everything no cgi involved for the cars whatsoever everything was period accurate and many business owners were not very happy but at the end they actually changed the facades of the buildings and everything so it, it was pretty good okay there's a lot of scenes in this that i did like where the camera's fixed in the car. (laughs) Because back in the day, those were like stationary shots with sets and things, especially before 60s. I don't know when they actually started shooting with cameras attached to the car so it feels real and not fake. You know what I'm saying, Phantom? Mm -hmm. Now, Duel by Steven Spielberg, that was early 70s. He shot with cameras in the car. And everywhere. So this was 60s. But I like that, that it wasn't this old, super old-timey look like Psycho or movies where you see it's a set. They're just in the car shaking and turning I know, the wheel. Yes. So that I liked and appreciated. And you do get to see a lot of behind-the-scenes footage of like the western towns with the sets and the big boards and the mountains and things like that that's fine but i'm with phantom that's the best part of this film is really a lot of the technicals all right now i know you're gonna say this is off the chart is the acting oh i found it very good i like dicaprio my problem is, and it's not a problem with the movie. I hate westerns. I never liked westerns. I grew up with westerns people out there. I've seen so many westerns, and I think that's why I'm tinged with this western theme. I would have really appreciated this movie so much more if it wasn't about a western actor. Just because I oh god, I don't like the constant gun battles and the way they shot it's so staged and fake to me and it was growing up being a little taut but it was done spot on yeah i'm not saying that that's what i'm saying the technicals of it but for me to get enjoyment out of the movie maybe let me put it that way it just sucks the life out of it to me because i'm just not a western country western type movie fan i'm not a the duke type guy and you know all these popular stars that made all these westerns back in the day i mean i get it and i am not a person that likes westerns either i don't hate them so much because i wasn't forced to watch them growing up but i still don't like them there are very few that i like i like bone tomahawk and the three three ten to yuma i like that and so far that's it you don't like true grit <laughs> haven't seen it actually 
And uh, because I'm not attracted, I, I remember 310 to Yuma I watched because like there was nothing else and I ended up really liking it. Okay, fan. But I'm going to say something you're going to completely disagree with and so okay. will everybody else out Go there. Ahead. The acting was great. I thought DiCaprio pulled off the accent and his little arc from being popular to not as popular to being arrogant to crying at times because he's not getting part i think it worked there's some heartfelt moments here with a kid he's really good in those scenes but here's my statement is i wish this movie had unknown stars because there is so many scenes that <laughs> they look ridiculous with these wigs and toupees and their hairdo and what they have to look like at that time and we know these actors so well and it was almost comedic to me well it's a comedy <laughs> it says i mean i think it was perfect because i mean honestly a movie like this with unknown actors i don't know if i would be so interested in watching it i mean i really don't and that plus it doesn't hurt that I happen to think that everyone in this movie, especially Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio, are fantastic actors. And yes, they I'm do saying that. Incredibly. But we know their intricacies, the way they look, the way they act, and everything. And it just, maybe it was intentional, but I don't think so because they were trying, this is a dated piece. They're trying to be as accurate with their hairstyles, the clothing costuming was amazing in this the makeup yeah. was amazing in this they look like they were shot back to the 60s but to me it was so comedic looking at these people you know your whole life and what they're wearing and acting like so i felt it would have been even more real if they were unknown actors that you had never seen before and i think it would have worked more that is my personal opinion, and I know I'm alone. Yes, I you are, because I completely disagree. I think, yes, it's true, but it is funny to see them like that. And I do believe it's intentional because, I mean, it, it's he funny. He comes out in a robe in one scene with this hairdo with big pasted on sideburns. I mean, I can't help it laugh at this guy. I know, yeah. Because, but that's and if it was an unknown actor... You wouldn't know. You wouldn't say, oh, that's pasted on sideburns. Oh, that hair. Look at that hair, dude. It's so obviously not his. I was just going by the fact that I was like, that's exactly the way a person would have looked at that time. That's exactly the way they would have been dressed and everything. So I can't find fault with that at all. Plus, DiCaprio and Brad Pitt are not the kind of actor that, as we have said with others before, oh, this guy is just playing himself. These people are real, true no, actors. No, DiCaprio has a lot of range, no doubt about it. And Brad Pitt does too. I don't know if I've said it on here. Yeah, see, I haven't seen near the amount of Brad Pitt movies as I have DiCaprio. Mm -hmm. And some of his best performances dicaprio or movies you haven't even seen yet like wolf of wall street the aviator i mean these are some incredible performances to me way better than in this movie in my opinion but he did a great job he sold the country aspect with the accent i didn't find any fault 
with his portrayal. It just wasn't star-studded. I mean, and it was way more than that because you can tell that this character, this actor, Rick Dalton, he stutters. And you can tell. Mm-hmm. And it's very mild. Well, and he but has it's stuttered only, in other movies, though. Yeah, but I don't care about other movies. I'm talking about this one. And you can tell that this person stutters. But only when it's himself and when he is like under stress or something. When he's actually playing in a Western or in an action show, because he doesn't only do Westerns, he plays to the, the part to a T with the a perfect accent and everything. And it's not only that, it's also the nuances in his performance. Like you can tell in some scenes, like his eyes water because he is like really touched by something or he is sad or he is exploding inside or something. And you can tell every single nuance of his performance. And like, I am astounded he didn't win the Oscar for this movie. And Brad Pitt did. And he deserved it. Well, who won for the actor this year came out? I don't remember. I mean, I, I don't know. It was just last year, right? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not having all those movies in my head right now, but I do know that Brad Pitt did win Wasn't the Oscar for, for this. Wasn't it for the Joker? Wasn't this the same year? <laughs> yeah, it must have been. And you think he should have won over Phoenix? No I'm just way. saying if She's he had mind. He wasn't even in the running with Phoenix's. I'm Joker. just saying if he had, I wouldn't have been angry. But no, I mean Joaquin Phoenix played an incredible character. That is true. But Brad Pitt did win for supporting actor okay. for this movie. And he deserved every ounce of that Oscar because his performance is really good. Yeah. That's where I'd put it really good. It wasn't exceptional to me. No, it wasn't exceptional, but he was incredible. Okay, Phantom, we're ready. What's your rating and recommendation on this? You're coming in high. We can tell all out there. Yes. This movie to me is a 9.5. It's not a 10 because, yes, I do believe some scenes do play too long. And some, like, I think I only got one of the scenes where they put DiCaprio in a scene of an actual existing movie. Oh, yeah, that was terrible. It was really badly done. But that was only the one time I thought it was badly done because they do that in other parts of the movie. But I think in those other parts of the movie, it was well done. Okay, that's a buy, 9.5? Absolutely. And really quickly, one thing we didn't mention is it does jump back in time here. They show actual real TV shows and footage a lot on old TVs and things like that. I just wanted to make that mention because that's a common theme in this movie also. Okay, to me, this movie is average, a little bit above average. Like I said, it really hurt that it felt like this movie wasn't even made for me to watch. Like, this is for everybody in the business. Let's congratulate ourselves and everything like that and what we've achieved. This mixture of the story of this actor and what happened in real life, it was interesting. I think the final act was the best part of this movie and thank god because it's so long because i was really zoning in and out on this movie because there are so many scenes that play way too long in this movie it's not just that one i picked out with brad pitt and there's just a lot of daily life scenes and things in restaurants and stuff and i think a lot of that could be cut 
so all my rating here is for all the technical aspects of it and it's a 5.5 i will say i'm glad i seen it i liked it enough i don't feel like it wasted my time so i think everybody will get something out of this movie no matter what genres you like so i'm gonna call this a rental okay lady phantom 4k disc quality and this is an expensive one too like 24 and i don't even think it's come down in price since it was released yeah yeah that's right (laughs) i mean there are scenes that are really good like there's one scene for example where they show the neon lights getting lit in hollywood in general and it looks really nice and they really pop there's one scene well actually there are two scenes but i only thought that one scene with a flamethrower actually popped Mm-hmm. The other one wasn't that good. It's another one that no HDR was utilized. Yeah, it's a it's but the on scene purpose of, though on this film, no doubt. Yeah, yes, and it's the scene by the end, the one that I thought it really popped. Other than that, ah, I mean, the video is fine. Also, we have a lot of scenes where you can see either shows that re- that really existed or. Uh, footage that is made to look old so there are a lot of scenes with a lot of grain but that's completely intentional yes so for you out there we're both in agreement not to get ahead of ourselves we're going to dive in a little more is that this movie is not made to be put on 4k because they dated it and there's a lot of snow they're showing actual tv screens with movies and TV shows playing that are snowy. And then for them to match the coloring and look, it has a very dated, muted cinematography and era piece, not to shine. Now, when they do do close-ups of DiCaprio, which there's not a super lot of close-ups in this movie, it's more of a filmic, landscape look even when there's characters on screen they did a lot of wide angles yeah it's detailed and you can see you know crevices in their face and everything like that but on no aspect should this movie even have been put on 4k to me yeah and it's funny because also like you know how i really pay attention to eye color you can Uh tell that Leo's eyes are super blue. And you can tell Sharon Tate's eyes were brown, even though Margot Robbie doesn't have brown eyes. And I mean, like, you can tell. Little small details. But but it it's not like, whoa, look at those blue eyes. No, no, no. Yes, and there's no huge contrast ratio gaps in this. HDR, um, they're just slapping this on every movie. But you wouldn't want it in this movie. And we're not going to be criticizing the 4k format on this disc i want to make that clear i know our ratings well i know my rating is going to be super low on this disc because it doesn't shine anything that 4k is capable of but you wouldn't want it on this movie so to me this is a total waste of spending extra money to get 4k that pops and has all these vibrant colors and you know shines and it feels like you're there in 3d no this movie would never be made to do that and if it was done that way it would take you out yeah because it would look ultra fake 
Yeah, because it's just so funny how some callers, like there's a scene with this guy, I think I think it's Timothy Oliphant's scene, and he's wearing a red shirt, and that red is super rich, for example. But it's nothing that you would go like, wow, look at that. I mean, not really. Yeah, all the flower power pastel colors are shining through this movie yes. throughout, and they don't pop, they don't look vibrant. They ain't going to look any better on 4K. This is a total Blu-ray, <laughs> if I've ever seen one, Phantom. This one in that Tom Hanks movie we did that uh, we really criticized, where they went back and added digital grain, which super ticked me off. Yeah, in like, this one, they didn't add the grain. I think right. it was, it was uh, filmed in 35 millimeters, uh, 16 and 8 yes so the scenes that have actual grain, grain it's because they have actual right. grain so there's no reason to get this disc we're both in agreement and we yeah. haven't even finished our review of it yet but it was like that tom hanks one the neighborhood one yeah you know but they added grain but the only thing with the hanks one is the live footage or the more modern type footage did look really good compared to this. Yeah. They kept this coloring and old-timey filmic look throughout this film where it melted. Now, Phantom said she only mentioned one spot where you could obviously tell he wasn't implanted in the old-time footage. There was two Another one, it was a quick scene. She probably missed it, so no big deal there. And we have to go by the Tom Hanks movie there, too, Forrest Gump, when uh, I think... Oh, my gosh, that was, yes. I don't know if it was the first time ever done. Must have been one the of the first. But the achievement that it was done where he's... <laughs> you think he's there with JFK in the 60s. Yeah. I mean, it was incredible. Yeah, the, the, the special effects in Forrest Gump in general are off the charts. Yeah, and this one missed it. And I, I'm going to go with probably several people behind that's fault. It was the editor. It was the coloring. It was the tonal quality. They just missed the mark. Yeah. With making it look like him standing there. It actually looked like he was standing in front of a projector screen talking to this character in the old time, and it was pretty poor. And maybe 4K highlighted that, though, too. Maybe. But then again, there are other scenes when it looks fine. Plausible. Not great. It looked fine to me. Okay. Audio, not an Atmos track. 7.1 DTS. I think it, it's, it's just probably because of the kind of movie it is there's a lot of action that comes from the front the dialogues are completely clear all the time but there are a few scenes where the surrounds they are like whoa like you actually hear something behind you voices too a couple voices times. like there's a scene in a in a saloon that like dicaprio enters and then suddenly no it's not dicaprio it's someone else and then you hear a voice from behind and, and it's like, whoa. And there are a few scenes like that where there are some very, very effective surrounds. Unfortunately, it's 5% of the movie. Yeah, and it's not a film that you're going to feel that. There is ambience coming from the rear when there's wind uh -huh. and something like that. But this is another type of movie that you're never going to feel a part of. 
And they wouldn't have wanted that with this film anyway because it's back in the 60s, so it's not like, you know, and they didn't utilize HDR. I mean, this was so its own thing, specifically yeah. this movie. And I'm fine with it not being Atmos. Atmos wouldn't have brought yeah, anything to this table. Exactly. And All then- the music, though, Phantom Right, comes from the front where... That's where it should. It's just music playing. Yeah, and I'm sure that if you get the Blu-ray, the surrounds and the sound will be exactly the same. Yeah, it'll be identical. I'm sure the Blu-ray is identical in there. Okay, Phantom, what special features do we have on this disc? We have Quentin Tarantino's Love Letter to Hollywood, Bob Richardson for The Love of Film, Shop Talk, The Cars of 1969, Restoring Hollywood, The Production Design of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and the fashion of 1969. Okay, Lady Phantom, you're first. Your movie, you picked it. What yeah. grade you're going to throw down on the 4K of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? I'm going to throw in a C minus. I think it's average, a little below average. There are scenes that really look nice, but others that you are like, why even bother? You know? So. I'm just going to say C minus, and it's not worth it. I think Phantom's a little too nice to this disc. (laughs) I'm going to go with a D. It's totally not worth it. I would not tell anybody to spend extra money on the 4K version of this disc. Don't spend an extra $10 on this movie. Remember, people, if you got the 4K set up, The Blu-ray is going to up-convert the 4K anyway. There's nothing the 4K disc brings that the Blu-ray's not going to have. Matter of fact, it might even look a little darker on the 4K version. And there was no good black levels used on this disc whatsoever. This is D. This is unworthy. That's going to put our average at D+. I am happy with that. You happy with that, Lady yeah. Phantom? Yeah. All right. Let's get out of here. Let's wrap up episode 55, Lady Phantom, and let the fans know where they can go to get our subscription to Movies in 4K because we are a lot of different places. Yeah. Just go to BillShetty.com. You will find all the links at the bottom of each page. You can do whatever you want there. And, of course, sign our guest book. Absolutely. Get your voice heard on movies in 4k we respond typically the same day yes and to every single comment yes without a doubt we appreciate that we've had so many and love hearing from you guys out there what you think and stuff like that don't forget to bookmark billshetty.com because we will have many more written reviews come out We don't know when they drop. When we see these extra movies and the series that we've already covered, they'll become in written form. And we got a good 10 or so probably to do. Yeah. And you never know when they're going to come out. And just get that subscription because we have a lot of extra shows coming out for you to enjoy on Movies in 4K. So for Lady Phantom, I am Bill Shetty. We'll catch you on the next You know the preacher digs a call
knows Cause I told him so Thank you. 